world. Borealis. Paradigm Expansion. Greetings from the north. And welcome to a new episode in the forum series on the breakaway civilization. This time on its early roots and different factions. Our guest today is the Emmy Award winning television producer and videographer Tim Ray Schwartz who apart from his respectable career as a photojournalist and researcher also has authored several books on such topics we cover here at Borealis. He's also editor for books by other authors as well as for journals and his many articles is published in most of the topical magazines. During his career, he's been all over the world, also visiting and investigating essential sites of mystery. He's worked in most of the big TV networks like CNN, ABC, CBS, BBC, PBS, etc. and has also been featured in TV programs such as on History Channel. Schwartz has also appeared on many radio shows and is also a radio host himself. His various fields of expertise includes the breakaway civilization and classified space fleet, notwithstanding Nikola Tesla and that technology. And he will now fill in some blanks regarding all of this. Welcome uh, to the forum, Tim. Uh, thank you very much, Al. It's a real pleasure to be with you here today. Yes, and we're so happy to have you with us because you are quite an all-arounder. I must say you're pretty new on the radar on my, for my part, but uh, I liked what I saw. I uh, went to your Amazon page and uh, I read uh, also a few articles of you and, and various stuff. And it seems that you have a hand in all the cool <laughs> mysteries going on. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. I mean, I'm I I have always been interested in just uh, you know a diverse amount of things, you know, in the world of the weird. So yeah, <laughs> that's correct. But as people just heard, you have uh, quite a, a mainstream background, or or should I say, like a, a more a respected background. <laughs> Not that this isn't respected, but what made you go into the French. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure that as you have talked to a lot of people, they'll say that, uh, oh, well, you know, I was interested in, like, you know, in this kind of stuff when I was just a kid. Mm. And uh, I mean, I, when I was a young kid, I really had no interest in this kind of stuff at all. Mm. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a scientist. And uh, but what happened with me was that uh, I think it was like in third grade, our teacher every week would give everybody a classroom assignment based on, uh, say, like a headline in the national news that day. Hmm. Or, or that week and one time and then we and then we were supposed to then you know like give an oral presentation in front of the class which you know i mean you know, third graders just love that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> right. well one time i was given a story about flying saucers because at that time in the united states there was a ufo flap going on and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything about UFOs, so, right. I mean, I did the best that I could, which probably wasn't very good. <laughs> but from that moment on, I was pegged by everyone in my class as the flying saucer guy. You wow. know, the, you know, there's there's Tim, you know, he talks to Martians and, mm. you know, things like that. And it's like, oh, come on, I, I have no interest. Yeah, I don't believe in this stuff. But. What really got me interested then was that, you know, you would have people make fun of you, you know, when everybody else was around. But then when you were by yourself, people would come to me and they would say, you know, I don't believe in UFOs or ghosts or what have you. But? <laughs> my family saw a UFO or I saw a UFO. And that's what got me interested mm. is because people would come to me 
not interested in, you know, like telling their story to everybody else. Because, you know, uh, one of the popular misconceptions in the media about people who report UFO sightings is that they're doing it for the money, mm. you know, or the publicity or the exposure. The majority of people who have unusual experiences don't want any of that. Mm. A lot of them, they don't even, they want to forget about their experience. And sometimes they literally do with time lapse. Yes, mm. yes, mm. very much so. But they also would like to know that they're not crazy. That the that what they the experience that they had was real, and that other people have also had similar experiences, and that's what really got me started. You know, that's what got the fire burning in me is because these people were coming to me and saying that they had these experience. Don't tell anybody that I had this experience, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about it. I you know I I'm not crazy, am I? Please don't think that I'm crazy. And and a lot of people will tell me their story, and then you know I say, oh well, you know that's I've had a lot of people tell me that, and the look on their face, you know, the relief that a mm -hmm. lot of people have, they're like, oh, thank heavens, and then they're good. Then the, I mean, they may never ever tell the story again to anybody else, but once they get that off their chest, yeah, you know, and uh, and that's you know, and that's what's really interesting to me about all of this stuff is that uh, the majority of people, they don't care about publicity or, or, or making money off of it. They had a weird experience. They have no frame of reference mm. to put that in. Because, you know, with the exception of, say, like us and the listeners of your program, the majority of people out there, they they've never heard about this kind of stuff. Oh, you know, maybe they've seen a TV show, yeah, you know, or something. No, like no, that. but there is uh, there is you may you raised a very good observation there because um, people uh, need people and yes. uh, the social affirmation that mm -hmm. helps you know to make them feel they're normal because when the norm is to make fun of it <laughs> like they even partake in yes then uh, secretly inside they feel that uh, they belong to uh, those who are you know the tinfoil hat uh, people yes <laughs> so i guess you also felt the pressure to actually read up on this then because if everyone comes to you and want to consult you you have to be able to offer them something yes exactly so and yeah this is a phenomenon among people no wonder you you got interested but at some point you must have entertained the conflict between how much of this is man-made and how much of this is uh, let's just agree upon non-man-made because there's so many alternatives for the <laughs> non-man-made the aliens notwithstanding but uh, this isn't going to be a program explaining you know <laughs> uh, time travel aliens and all that mm -hmm. But I'm very interested in your take on, you know, the portion of ours and theirs. Right. Well, you know, um, like I think like everybody else who ever got started in this field, you know, when I was younger, I was pretty much convinced that that all of it was probably, you know, extraterrestrial in origin. You know, mm -hmm. UFOs are, you know, visitors from from other planets. And I mean, even you know when I started at all this, which was you know like back in the uh, the, the nineteen the nineteen seventies, uh, there was that was really the beginning of you had people like uh, Jacques Vallée and John Keel and Brad Steiger who were starting to offer alternative explanations, mm. and so I got exposed to uh, a lot of these alternative explanations fairly early on, which really opened my perspective uh, because, like I said, you know. Early Early on, I was, you know, well, you know, uh, th th this is all uh, extraterrestrial. But right. then, you know, these alternative explanations, and and especially the idea that uh, a lot of it could be man-made, mm -hmm. uh, that 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 we are talking about uh, secret black project aircraft. That you know, I mean, uh, whether. Uh, constructed entirely by people or with the help of uh, of entities not of this earth or dimension or what have you mm. uh you know i mean all, all that's or, or or ancient technology that's one of my pet uh, 
version. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Each technology. Or Tesla technology. I want you actually to elaborate on that a little later, but go on. Sorry for the interruption. Right, right. So, I mean, um, uh, and, and of course, you know, especially like in the 1970s, the nuts and bolt crowd, which, you know, right. means the entirely extraterrestrial hypothesis uh, people were the dominant factor going on and that anybody who was coming and saying that oh well you know these could be you know black budget aircraft uh, i mean they uh, you might as well i mean that uh, concept uh, you know you, you get tar and feathered <laughs> you know <laughs> you're swearing in church huh <laughs> right yes exactly because i mean you know the extraterrestrial hypothesis had been around for almost, almost from the very beginning of the modern ufo era sounds almost like it's blessed from above so to speak yes yeah. mm. yes yes and uh, and we didn't realize then uh, you know, in the 1970s, just how far advanced mm. uh, the uh, uh, various, various military, not only the United States, but the Soviet Union and others around the globe uh, were with uh, aircraft uh, uh, technology. I mean, um, we now know that, you know, the 60s and 70s, that they were experimenting and actually flying uh, aircraft that, I mean, you know, we would consider that, you know, science fiction type of material, mm -hmm. even today. And mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, it's no wonder that if there were unusual craft being seen uh, flying around in our skies that people would naturally just assume, you know, well, that, that looks nothing like a conventional aircraft, so it must be from another planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but um, we have had several guests on who have... Uh, corroborated how mankind don't even need to back engineer alien spacecraft or or find something um, ancient because uh, not, not saying not ruling that out uh, it may uh, be the main reason it may be a part of the picture but at least we know that several times actually in mankind's history we will not go back to the ancient times and vimanas and all that but mm -hmm. let's start let's say in the 19th century when uh, the mainstream historical perceptive uh, evolution uh, really entered the age of industry and mechanics and to a certain degree also finer technology there were the germs of that too and you have <laughs> i said you had a foot in every camp you have a very solid foot in the tesla material and and I think maybe we ought to invite you on back later for a separate show on the Tesla technology because we're going to have a series on anti-gravity free energy technology too. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, with all your hats, uh, we, <laughs> we have to get you into some of them. But uh, just more briefly today on Tesla then, is there material there to substantiate that he, his technology could have a hand in this development? Yes, and and not only Tesla, but uh, there appears to have been other uh, factions mm -hmm. uh, going on uh, at around the same time, maybe even earlier, uh, especially uh, coming out of uh, uh, Europe and Germany. Uh, uh, are you aware of the NIMSA thing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow, cool. Great. Right, uh, we had a uh, show on that already. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, Walter Bosley, yes. uh, who has uh, written a series of really excellent books, has done just a fantastic job, you know, tracking down, mm. you know, some of these uh, uh, early, um, gosh, you know, like a uh, heavier than air uh, uh, manned uh, aircraft, and I mean, but I mean, we're not talking about conventional aircraft as we know about them. I mean, you know, mm. these these aren't like uh, uh, piston engine uh, 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 airplanes with wings or or mm. dirigibles with uh, a field of helium or hydrogen. No, these appear to be aircraft that are using a technology that uh, at least. Um, the civilian world has no knowledge of. I mm. mean, you know, we, we would call it anti-gravity or, or, or field propulsion. Right. Um, 
so uh, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough of the research that that Walter has done uh, along those lines. So I mean, I'll leave that to him. No, but but but, but he did. Sorry, he did mention that Thomas Keeney was involved, and you probably know about him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and uh, um, but you know, uh, uh, I, again, I mean, I don't want to go and uh, get into that because you know, I, I said my my knowledge base is not quite as Fair as, uh, Good. as as him, and, and you know, I mean, I don't want to say anything that then later somebody come back and you know and say, oh well, you got that completely wrong. <laughs> Bravo! No, no, <laughs> well, but, yeah. no, no. But this is about everybody shipping in their own two cents. So so, mm-hmm. and not. Other people's sense, so that that's completely good. But you know, here in the United States, in the uh, uh, the middle 19th century, uh, there was a thing going on called the uh, uh, the spiritualism movements, right. which were uh, you know people uh, you know claimed that they were talking with uh, uh, spirits of the dead and you know like channeling voices and, and stuff like that. You saw the same thing coming out of uh, Europe and Germany as well with people who were members of like the the Vril uh, Society and yeah. I, uh, uh, who who claimed that they were channeling information from extraterrestrials that were uh, were giving them uh, blueprints. To, uh, could you could you elaborate a little on on uh, what's her name mm, uh, this woman who was so central in this area oh, Ma- Maria something uh, I uh, I probably Orsish Maria Orsish that's the yeah name. see I I would go and just mangle her name completely <laughs> <laughs> but but I've asked uh, a couple of other people about her but we never somehow the conversation never went into her but she was one of these oracles they used allegedly yes. allegedly well and you know allegedly they they claimed that uh, uh, that they were receiving um, channeled information um, from and it, and, you know, and and it's odd because there are two separate stories that have have become intertwined along mm-hmm. this line um, with the real society, and one of them has to do with the channeled information from um, alleged extraterrestrials, you know, from a planet uh, far outside of our own solar system. But then there was another factor that said that they were getting information from beings that uh, that lived uh, within our earth mm. uh, you know from a from a uh, an ancient civilization that you know uh, uh millions of years ago permit me to interject again just Go to ahead. say that uh, for people who want to learn more about the hollow earth theory not just the nazi version which i find pretty silly but uh, you have a series on that you just check out the polar myths and mysteries series and tim is uh, at the time of this recording he, he hasn't contributed there yet but he will so uh, depending on when you're listening to this there will uh, some of you at some point in time <laughs> can go now and check it out so please continue. Yes, it's important to get this hollow world theory in. Well, yeah. you know, and this has been a story that we have seen in a number of uh, 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 mythologies, uh, ancient mythologies from all around the world. That at one time that there was a, a civilization on this planet that was very uh, highly uh, superior technology-wise. You know, maybe possibly even more so than we are today, and that there was some kind of great cataclysm which i mean we do know that the earth has got you know gone through a number of just absolutely shattering cataclysms you know i mean species killing uh cataclysms but that one of these cataclysms forced this technology the the survivors at least to go underground that they they constructed tunnels of their own and also used uh uh, you know like caverns that were already in place and that uh, they took with them you know, a lot of their uh, superior technology and that this, this civilization still exists today and that it is uh, contributed to, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of the science 
that has developed on the surface world, mm. you know, over the years. And, and there are some people who say also that, you know, that this civilization, uh, at least in part, is uh, responsible for the, uh, the, the UFOs and the, uh, you know, unknown aircraft that are seen flying around in our sky. But see, supposedly then these uh, these people from the Avril Society were receiving this information uh, from uh, both uh, this uh, you know people in the inner Earth and then uh, extraterrestrials from above, and then they were actually given uh, blueprints and uh, you know scientific uh, explanations on how to construct uh, superior technology. I mean, not only for that time, but you know even today. And that um, uh, a number of the uh, uh, the unknown aircraft sightings that took place, especially in the late 1800s and then continuing on into the 1900s, all across the planet, were these people, these these uh, um, corporations and secret societies mm. and what have you, um, all across the globe, not just in Germany, but also in the United States and possibly other places as well, because I don't think that that these communications were being singled out to just one group. I think that we are looking at a network hmm. that was taking place all at the same time. Probably the nodes of these networks did not realize that there was other communications going on across the planet at the same time. They thought that they were, you know, they, they were the chosen ones. Right. But if, you know... As, if you, as one has done throughout history in all... Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. Well... Yeah, and you know, uh, you, uh, you're probably aware of Peter Lavender. Yes. Uh, this is uh, starting to smack of uh, his series. Um, he has to forgive me, I forgot what it's called. But he writes a little about, uh, not just Nazis, but he has another series about uh, where there seems to be some kind of um, higher intelligence in work uh, as to synchronicities regarding the elite and, and channelings and all this stuff, mind control. So so there is a weird aspect to everything too. But he argues it's not necessarily a conspiracy, but more like a... Um, it's, it's more a mystery actually, because it's something that seems to be imposed from mm -hmm. somewhere. But uh, just quick also to, to satisfy the more skeptical segment of our listeners, we are aware that there is... Uh, theological or mythical aspect to this because you were saying extraterrestrials and people inside the earth underground people that's that smacks of angels and demons so there is a folkloristic aspect to this also no, let's not forget that interpretation which uh, graham hancock probably also could be uh, defined as a part of you know the consciousness aspect to this how much of this is physical how much of this is metaphysical so so it's a very complex thing this mm. because as soon as you introduce uh, channelers yes uh, we have to take heed for the metaphysical aspect too but uh, please go on sorry for the interruption oh no 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 well see and you're absolutely right you know because i kind of think that uh, maybe all of the above is mm. taking place here mm. you know uh because uh you know naturally when you get along, the, when you come along the lines of uh, receiving channeled information, very much like uh, you know people used to think that they were talking to angels or God or the demons or things like that, you know, a lot of it may have to do with just. Um, people's belief systems at that time mm. you know i mean a thousand years ago i mean you know, nobody would think about uh, uh uh aliens from another planet or anything like no, that. no they had a different interpretation filter exactly and it's the same way now we may be receiving information that we think are coming from uh aliens from another planet but mm. that just could be our belief system you know intruding and creating static on the message. I mean, a thousand years from now, we may look back at this and say, "Oh, we believe that you know this was all, <laughs> this all had to do with aliens." Right. When you know, and and you know, a thousand years from now, there'll be a completely different uh, belief system that they'll be interpreting this stuff with. Hey, we even project uh, towards each other as human yes. beings uh, on a daily basis. So why wouldn't we project to something we can't even start to begin to fathom? Exactly. So. Uh, uh, and, and getting back, you know, I kind of wandered off a little bit, getting back to your original question about yeah. uh, Nikola Tesla right. and
and the, and the stuff that was going on with him uh, in the in the United States uh, in the uh, uh, the middle to late 1900s, people were starting to receive information that uh, was claimed to be from uh, beings from other planet. Mars seems to have been a popular one mm. that uh, and and that these these communications these people were receiving, uh, much like the ones that were being received in in, in Germany and you know Brazil and Russia and, and other places at the same time, they were being given uh, a scientific information that was way past what anything anything anybody had ever thought of at the time, and uh, uh, some of these communications were being received by uh, the wives of uh, some of the big corporate leaders in the United States at wow. the time. Uh, well, I mean, and you think about it, you know, because uh, a lot of this interest, usually it was the women, you know, the wives mm. who were involved in these seances and things like that. So um, once this information started to come out, and these big, uh, um, you know, these 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 very rich individuals, you know, uh, the, the Morgans and the Westinghouse and you know people like that, mm. they got interested in it because they could see that this wasn't just metaphysical gobbledygook that these, <laughs> you know, that was being channeled. That they were actually getting what appeared to be legitimate scientific information from a source that was very uncommon you know so they started looking into it and bringing in some of the great minds mm -hmm. of the world nikola tesla in the united states at the time i mean you know he he was one of the biggest one thomas edison at the same time yeah but tesla had already admitted to getting info in his dreams hadn't he it wasn't his dreams. Tesla had this amazing ability where if he was thinking about a, a concept, say like, uh, you know, uh, Tesla uh, was the inventor of the AC motor. Mm. Uh, he had been working on that for quite a while and, and just really had not made any headway. And one day he was walking in a park with a friend mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he had this vision. Mm. And it... Uh, 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 it appeared, as he put it, directly in front of his eyes, like uh, we'd call it today, like a hologram. Wow. And, uh, and he could see it. And, and, and with his mind, he could rotate it in any direction. He could hmm. take it apart. He could see its component pieces. Wow. And he had to stop right then and there and actually, with a stick draw it out very fast in the dirt because he was afraid that he huh. would he would that he would lose it uh and then um uh, hang on hang on is this is this official catechism <laughs> i haven't read yeah, it. I, oh yes oh, yes cool. yes very much so and this was something that i mean continued on for all of his life right, uh right. you know uh, practically any of his inventions he would uh, he would envision it like that and uh, um, hmm. uh you know he didn't call it dreams you know and he didn't call it so it's almost like he's tuned into a particular frequency very much so i mean there's been a lot of speculation that uh, that he was able to tap into you know what was called what's called the akashic record you know that that universal knowledge base that uh, you know. yeah but you make it sound so technological it's almost like it's uh, it's an actual ray an actual let, let's say you send something at a particular frequency and then he with his mind can tune into it he's sensitive for that frequency yeah. obviously not discounting that he's already a, a learned and 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 uh, informed man but uh, the creative genius in him seems to have worked at that uh, something like this but of course i'm just interpreting it. well very much so and, and and you have to realize i mean you know it's my belief that that you know all of this stuff that we call you know psychic phenomena you know right. levitation esp what have you i mean i believe that it all exists but it it exists um with a science that we haven't yet discovered mm. you know so someday we'll we will run across the scientific principles that will explain all of this exactly. you know that's and it'll it, i mean it'll be you know somewhat like uh, um the discovery of like quantum physics yeah you know, <clears throat> you know before quantum physics 
when people speculated about, you know, some of the stuff that we take for, as a matter of fact now with quantum physics, I mean, that was like, uh, you know, that was really woo-woo stuff. You know, <laughs> you know you, you, you talk, you, you, yeah. magical technology. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But now we know, you know, from uh, 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 years and years of research that this stuff is real. And I think the same, it's the same principle with, uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, you know, the, the psychic stuff we're talking about. Mm. There's a scientific principle for it that we just haven't discovered yet. But uh, so Tesla was brought in and was given uh, some of this information that had been channeled. And, of course, now Tesla was a very scientific mind. You know, he he didn't have a lot of room in his life for this kind of stuff. He didn't believe in psychic powers, you know, despite what you may have read or heard. I mean, he didn't believe in ghosts or, or any of this stuff. So he was very skeptical when this stuff was handed to him. But once he started looking at it, he could tell that yes, this was something that was real. I mean, right. this this had uh, this had a, a a principle to it that, while uh, possibly not yet worked on at that day and time, um, this was something that was uh, that, that that was actual. I mean, there was a, you know like a, a a scientific fact to it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I mean that that was the beginning of Tesla's involvement with other private corporations in the United States with the actual construction of a uh, of heavier than air aircraft that flew on um, uh, principles that are still secret for you know the majority of the population mm-hmm. and again i hate to use the word anti-gravity because you know that has such a uh, science fiction you <laughs> know connotation to it but that's basically what it is you know I, field propulsion is 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 a good word for it mm-hmm. you know uh and we and we do know that the, that tesla did a lot of research into field propulsion mm-hmm. but a lot of the information that came to him came from these channeled sources and uh, with Tesla's involvement, and, and of course he wasn't the only one. There was all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, very brilliant people all across the country that were brought into it, mm-hmm. uh, especially, especially engineers that started uh, constructing these aircraft. And uh, uh, hang on, what? Uh, where in the time period are we now? Well, we're talking around, uh, say, probably from around the 1880s, 1890s. Mm. You know, because we see at in the 1880s a uh, uh, a flap of odd aircraft sightings all across the country. Mm, right. Okay, so um, we've established then that uh, there are many potential sources for this technology. At what point do you think the first? Well, there are private groups uh, obviously yes. operating with this, but at what point do you see that? Um, military industrial complex starts to get involved in any place at the globe. Yeah, well, um, you know, there there is indication now 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 this isn't part of the Tesla group because again, like I said, there are several different factions that are all going on at the same time. Some even started earlier. Uh, but there there has been some indication that as far back in the United States as the eighteen sixties, the military was involved in some kind of rudimentary uh, mm. research on this on these types of aircraft. Um, yeah, you see. Um... Again, pardon for interjecting, but um, no, no, go ahead. yeah, you're in a good flow here. Just remember your thought. <laughs> I was just going to inject that. Uh, um, I think it was with Walter Bosley. Uh, yeah, the story came up that they, uh, <clears throat> the Sonora group. Yes. Someone there uh, introduced uh, a f- very rudimentary flying uh, object or machine to Lincoln, of all people, President yes. Lincoln. And his uh, some of his guys was it Solomon Andrews mm-hmm. uh, rejected it, and I found that uh, I regret I didn't raise it with Bosley, but I'll ask you about it because at that point there is a civil war. Someone comes to you and they not claim they demonstrate a completely that's like Hitler mm. learning in 1944 <laughs> that hey we have some extreme technology here that can just change the war war decisive 
And why on earth would he dismiss it? It sounded to me it went black because the guy who introduced it didn't do allegedly anything with it afterwards. Right. So to me, it sounds like either that Solomon Andrews guy should be booted because he's obstructing (laughs) the war (laughs) or immediately they found out, yes, we'll take this. We can use this and let's keep it uh, tight so that uh, the South States doesn't learn about it. So already there, I think we can see the germ to the modern intelligence and industrial military complex. What's your take on this? Well, uh, I I wonder. This is a speculation on my part. I wonder if the uh, the technology that was demonstrated, you know, as far back as you know the 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 Civil War times in the United States was as good as it's you know as people are saying now. Mm. Uh, I'm wondering if whether or not it was still pretty. You know, uh, <laughs> rudimentary. You yeah, know. which means let's hire these people and make them uh, work on it. So yeah. I'm not saying it was used, but but it could have gone into the system. But it <laughs> it could it could have, but human nature being what it is, and we've yeah. seen this time and time again. I skeptical to new new things. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. See that that's my opinion is that this stuff was demonstrated, and even if it worked even a little bit, mm. because it was such a, a, a a new concept, something. Good I mean, points. you know, you're, you're, you're talking about they had they were experimenting with uh, uh, making little submarines during the. Right. Uh, the, the that's I mean, uh, that was that was pretty far out at that time. So you you go and approach them with an aircraft of some kind, <laughs> and you know their their minds are just going to uh, basically shut down and be yeah. like, that's just you know we just can't you know right. crazy. Okay, I, I buy that. I see your yeah, point. Yeah, you yeah. Know, mm. it's, uh, now, however, I you know I do I do think though that there probably were great minds uh, within the government and the military who who saw the potential of this and uh, and helped finance and keep that financing going ah, over the years. Right. But see, there were there was this period from the 1860s up into um, uh, the, the, the the late 1800s and then the turn of the century mm. where not much was going on until you started to get then that new surge of intelligence yeah. that was being channeled through and you know I mean it's almost like it was it was reinvigorated mm. you know that there was new life put into it and that's when then you saw and I think you know we were a little bit more we knew a lot of uh, a lot more about technology I mean mm. you know uh, in just that short period of time from the 1860s to the the late uh, you know 1880s 1890s i mean there was a huge jump in uh, in technology and engineering and spiritualism and spiritualism as well that's mm. correct right and uh, so uh, i think that people were more willing and open to uh, to to uh, to to look into this stuff again mm. and to uh, to actually start trying to construct these things, which obviously must have happened because then you have this this surge of uh, mystery aircraft that were being seen all across the United States uh, in the uh, late 19th century on into the, uh, the 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 early 20th century. I mean, you know, I mean, from all from like California, it was almost like. It, they all originated from California and then swept across the country towards the East Coast. Practically every state in between had these stories. Now, a lot of skeptics, you know, saying, oh, well, these were just hoaxes perpetrated by newspapers, mm. you know, which papers, you know, I mean, they uh, they did that. You know, I mean, but, I'm, I'm not going to deny that that wasn't the case. But the question then was, uh, when do you think that they first got it, um, should I say, in the black projects uh, officially, publicly? Uh, I would say probably... Um, I would say the military probably did not get involved um, until at least the early 20th century. Mm. So, um, and but then who, who got it first? You think the Nazis or the Allies? 
<laughs> it's a difficult one. Yeah, it is. Well, see, um, um, I don't think either of those groups got them first. Ah. I think that there was a separate group or, or several separate groups mm. that had this first. And, um, you know, and, and, and it's hard to say what happened to these groups, right. whether or not. See, now, um, uh, 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 one of the stories that came to me was that this channeled information, the whole purpose of this was that these people, uh, the, the Tesla group, as I'll, as I'll call them, in the United States, mm. they were instructed to build first aircraft that could fly within our atmosphere and right. then aircraft that would fly outside of our atmosphere. Right purpose of going to mars wow. that there was a civilization on mars that was communicating with earth and that they wanted us to fly to them <laughs> and that they actually did this that they actually constructed a spaceship using the textile technology based on this channeled information hang on is this the 1908 tesla flying machine yes Ah, excellent. Go yes. on, go on. Well, and that, uh, yeah, I mean, you know about the uh, the, the, the Tesla um, free energy uh, idea. Not, not free energy, the uh, the wireless transmission of, right. of energy. One of the reasons that he started construction on the transmitting tower on the uh, east coast of the United States is that this was going to be the power source for the interstellar, or not interstellar, the interplanetary spacecraft to Mars. Right. That, that they were going to use that to transmit power to the ship as it flew from Earth to Mars. Right. And, but that um, and that, and they actually accomplished this. That they actually managed to take off. They actually managed to ride the beam, as as it, it was said. Mm -hmm. But that somewhere along the line, you know, because I mean, face it. I mean, you know, we're talking about the early, you know, 1900s. What did we really know about you know interplanetary space travel, yeah. with the exception of this information? But you know, these brave people actually, you know. Uh, attempted to do this but somewhere along the lines the spaceship disappeared uh, okay okay but you you're really going quick here because there's a lot of uh, questions uh, in my mind uh, yes, yes. i have to uh, bother you with before we we get this story complete because uh, start with what they knew uh, about uh, the solar system probably did, did they know about the van allen belt for instance no nope nope Poor suckers. I hope, uh, well, I, I doubt they used monkeys in their experiments. They probably used humans. But what indications, let's start with the corroborating evidence, the circumstantial evidence we have to jump to, to these scenarios. What uh, What's out there to confirm this? The only confirmation that we have, uh, was, first of all, was Tesla's building of the uh, the energy transmitter uh, at a place that he called Warding Cliff in Long Island. Uh, um, and the the claim was that this that he was uh, uh, he told his backers, you know, the people who were given his money, that this was going to be a uh, a radio broadcasting tower that would be able to broadcast radio signals all across the planet. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the schematics, and, and then Tesla later admitted this, this actually was going to be a device that would uh, transmit uh, electricity and energy um, both through the atmosphere and through the Earth. Mm. And uh, so now the story goes is that his backers, J.C. Morgan and the rest, found out that uh, this was going to be a device that would then circumnavigate the uh, the electrical grid system that had been put in place mm -hmm. in the United States and thus rob them of profits and so they pulled their money. Right. Uh, what uh, uh, what seems to have actually have happened is that uh, um, once this project started, this this Earth to Mars project started, mm -hmm. and once the craft uh, quickly disappeared then people panicked and <laughs> and, then, you know, and then it was kind of like every man for themselves right and this was a private group or was this yes. a military project I, it, this was all private this yeah. was all private which now see this could so happen the bankers this is the bankers experiment 
bankers and uh, rich industrialists. Right. You know, I mean, we're talking about the major movers and shakers, especially in the United States at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, uh, we have evidence of uh, of steel mills, especially up in, uh, say, like. Uh, um, uh, uh, Chicago, Gary, Indiana area that went into high gear uh, producing a very, very um, 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 high quality metal uh, that had, had never been produced before and was never produced again afterwards uh, with uh, um, instructions on how to do this that came from the uh, from from New York, you know, New York City, the the, the East Coast. Um, that location there was there, there there were several others, and then this material was to be shipped. There were several, and, and we have several different stories. So, some of the material was shipped to California, and some of it was shipped to the uh, um, um, the upper New York State area. Mm. So um, there there could be a possibility that you know there was there was actually uh, two craft that were being built at the same time, of which only one actually got started. I mean. Tesla. Yeah, nobody puts all their eggs in one bag. Right, exactly, exactly. Especially not when they're in such uh, unexplored, uncharted territories. Tesla was going to build a kind of like a node system of these uh, uh, wireless transmitters. Mm. One on the East Coast, one... Uh, one on the West Coast, one around Colorado Springs, and then one somewhere, I can't remember exactly where now, sorry, kind of like in the southern portion of the United States. Uh, I can't remember what it was. But only the one was built, which leads me to believe that possibly there may have been um, maybe pressure to get this project done and, and going to kind of prove that maybe maybe the first flight was a proof of concept flight, mm. and then the rest would actually you know be um, the actual uh, 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 flights, and then once the first one uh, failed so spectacularly, then every then you know the money was pulled and everything mm. you know uh, the rest of it was. But do you think they? It must have. The, it must have been a Van Allen belt. They couldn't have um, got further alive. Well, I don't know. See now, unless they got help. Okay. the the well, The UFO researcher, uh, an astronomer, J, the late J. Allen Hynek, mm-hmm. um, he told me he was very interested in. Nikola Tesla and this whole story. The first time that I ever heard about this was from J. Allen Hynek. I used to work at a television station in Dayton, Ohio, and he, uh, uh, which uh, the uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base mm. is is right there. And Hynek came there one time to to give a talk uh, about his early days as a UFO researcher for the Air Force. Interesting. And uh, he told me this this very interesting story. And he could offer he could offer no corroborating evidence or anything okay. like that. But he he said that he had heard the very same story from several different sources that this early Earth to Mars craft actually made it to Mars, hmm. but because of you know the, the really the inferior radio communications that that right. we had at that time, you know once they got to a certain point out, then they could no longer contact Earth, hmm. and that they actually made it to Mars, but found that there was no ancient there was no Martian civilization there waiting. Oh my for God! That everything was dead. That there had been a civilization at one time, right? But but there was nothing was living there now. And uh, um, so they they even survived. They didn't crash land or anything. They they actually got to explore, according to right, right. Wait, but but we don't know because yeah. if they didn't have com- radio communication. It's all speculation. Right, exactly. Well, and the, the thing is, is that see now he says that uh, you know he told me he said he wondered if they managed to actually survive somehow. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing because we have found clues to activity up there. Well, he said that, you know, maybe if they did discover that there used to be, you know, a civilization there on Mars, that they were able, the survivors of, you know, this this early Earth mission, hmm. 
to use that technology to survive and then eventually come back to Earth and that the whole modern UFO era, which started in around 1947, hmm. were these humans coming back. <laughs> right. So, yeah, with, with ancient technology, probably. Uh, but there's many scenarios. There could be people there already on Mars, some survivors from uh, when Mars was populated. There could have been aliens. And then you have the inner Earth uh, hypothesis. So there's many possibilities, yes. But this one is a very fresh and original story. I must admit, I haven't heard it before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I hope, uh, I think all listeners who find this new uh, will also appreciate it. So uh, Well, see. You'll you'll find that there are a lot of UFO researchers, especially your older ones who've been around with the name old school, old school, mm-hmm. who have heard this story mm. and uh, you know maybe even secretly believe in it, but they're not going to talk about it. This right. is why these things. The story is so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, but they know if it's a if it's wild. What do they say? Extraordinary claims demands extraordinary evidence, and when you don't have that much evidence, uh, you have some circled stelchian indications and probably right. a little intuition, and uh, maybe maybe there are and there are a lot of insider stories, and who knows? Maybe uh, within those circles, this is regarded as a truism, as a matter of fact. But for all, all, all the poor people who's out of the know, we have to entertain it as a potential hypothesis among many others. Mm. So this is interesting, very interesting stuff. But they do go on. Well, but, uh, you know, so so this, I think, is the beginning right. of that, uh, that whole, um, you know, breakaway civilization. Oh, yeah, this is literally a breakaway civilization. <laughs> exactly, but... <laughs> You know, I, I think that a lot of people who, you know, uh, maybe just coming into this whole concept of a breakaway civilization, a secret black project space program may not. I mean, they, they may think this is something that has happened recently. Right. But the evidence seems to show that it goes back for years, decades. Right. You know, I mean, and, you know, I mean, some people will be willing to even say that, oh, well, maybe it started you know, with, with, uh, you know, Nazi Germany and their experiments. But I mean, uh, again, I think that Nazi Germany was kind of a late cover right into all of this. Yeah. So when you, your title, you have many books and we're gonna, uh, make uh, our listeners aware of all the relevant books that has been touched upon today at the end of the program. But, uh, I will already pitch now the one called the secret space program, Who's responsible? Tesla, the Nazis, NASA, or a breakaway civilization? And and what you've just elaborated on kind of explains a little of that title, because uh, we already are aware of uh, the Nazi lead. We, we've had many programs on that. Gonna have more on NASA when we reach that part of the timeline. And now we hear that uh, Tesla could then imply this, this very first and early attempt that you've mm-hmm. just elaborated on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, uh, just to wrap up uh, some loose ends there. So ju- just uh, continue, please. Well, and then after, um, uh, you know, and, and then, of course, after this spectacular failure, you know, Tesla, um, his credit was ruined. I mean, he never really regained uh, the notoriety uh, that he had mm. Um uh, from then on, I mean, he was this, and and in fact, it got so bad for Tesla that I mean, he was referred to as a mad scientist. This explains why he was shown uh, and fell from grace at the end. There, I think so. Mm. I think so. Right. You know, I, I think it was a situation where, you know, and I said earlier, you know, everybody kind of ducked and covered, and it was every man for themselves. Mm. I mean, you you know how the corporate world is. If something goes wrong, it's always you know somebody finds a scapegoat. Right. And I think Tesla became that scapegoat. Mm. But then it sounds like we could have several breakaway civilizations here. We will not touch yes. so much so much upon the potential one in the inner Earth today. Mm-hmm. But the mainstream one is connected to our black project. I say our. I have no identification with those bastards. But... <laughs> 
supposedly they are looking after some kind of western interests i mean obviously not the people nobody cares about the people but right but they they are somehow connected to our civilization then they are a part of our civilization unfortunately so so uh, well just just continue you don't have to elaborate too much on the nazis but if you see them as a part in this uh, story uh, do include them but let's try to move on this well sure Well, see, you know, I mean, you saw then continued research in uh, 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 this kind of, uh, of, of of high concept technology with from people like uh, uh, Marconi. Right. Uh, you know, Marconi, I think, kind of uh, took the ball and and, and continued uh, running with it. Uh, but then you start seeing. Uh, other examples, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, uh, Germany, mm, but I think, uh, you know, the Italian, yeah, the Italians with Marconi's help also had a, uh, um, uh, a big part to play into it. Some of this, uh, some of this research being done in South America, right. uh, um, you know, at, at the time, but I think that really the, the next major player, Uh, with this would have been um, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, because I mean they they had the they had the money they had the 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 scientists who were looking into a different uh, a, a different way of looking at physics because I mean you know uh, 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 Hitler basically ran all the Jewish scientists out of uh, uh, Germany mm. and Europe. They came to you know you had people like Einstein and people like that who came to the United States, and so uh, uh, Hitler was not interested in, in you know in, uh, as he called it you know like uh, Jewish science. So they had to start looking in completely new directions. And so I think that we really start seeing a new resurgence in these types of uh, uh, high technology, uh, uh, just out of the box thinking when it come, comes to uh, space travel and uh, the, 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 the science associated with space travel. Because you have to realize that when you start doing research into different forms of propulsion, I'm not talking about chemical propulsion, you know, rockets or anything like that. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, electrical, electromagnetism, right. uh, 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 gravity, uh, you know, I mean, this, uh, there, there's just all kinds of different concepts. Yeah, and as soon as you're into gravity, you're into time, too. Yes, yes, exactly. See, and you've written uh, a lot about time travel. Well, see, if if you are going to have a, uh, a a technology that is going to get you from one star system to another, you are going to have to circumnavigate time and space completely. Mm. And so, in order to do that, you're basically going to have to have time travel. Uh, and again, you know, see, that's one of those terms that, yeah. you know, uh, scientists, are, you know, they, they hate to use that because it sounds, you know, it, it's too science. Sounds like a no novel from Wells. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah it, it, exactly. So, I mean, there's all kinds of exotic names, you know, surrounding that. But uh, but basically, you have to have a way to circum circumnavigate time and space. The only way to do that is to time travel. That ex kind of explains the Philadelphia experiment's timing because uh, we couldn't expect that the Americans or the Allies would sit idly by if the Nazis already in the 30s started to experiment with this because even though CIA didn't exist, there was still intelligence and espionage uh, circles going on. So at some point, some Allied intelligence must have picked up on this. So what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Well, and see, you know, you have the story that uh, Roosevelt was given uh, uh, either the atomic bomb that, that that they could work on developing the atomic bomb or they could work on the science that was uh, uh, used in the Philadelphia experiment, which was, you know, like a, uh, an early form of a unified field theory and that uh, Roosevelt decided that the atomic bomb had more potential. However, that doesn't mean that uh, there weren't other parties out there right. who, uh, you know, who have the, have the money who are like, oh, okay, We're going to take the ball and run with it. 
So, so then, so then the Allies uh, followed up very closely in the timeline as the Nazis in uh, terms of when they got hold of this kind of technology. I, you know, I think so, but see, now I have heard stories that when the Allies, uh, after they invaded Germany and, uh, and and Poland and some of these places where the Germans were doing some of this uh, very exotic research, mm. that they were absolutely flabbergasted. They just, I mean, they, they ran across things that they were just like, oh my God, what are we up against? Mm. You know, and uh, so I. So there I wasn't act- too much going on, except for the Philadelphia. I actually think that uh, if if there was research um, in this uh, more exotic forms of technology going on uh, on the Allied side, that it was kept pretty secret. Okay. That this information was not being shared. Mm. Uh, which I mean, that's uh, that we see that all the time. Mm. So um, uh, and and I mean, you know, you have the stories. Um, with the Philadelphia experiment that it was then taken and the whole like Montauk project, uh, uh, you know, was an offshoot of that. But see that, you know, that type of information didn't come out until years later. So, uh, but, you know, the whole... I am a skeptic to some of these uh, aspects, I have to admit. Well, let's see. I think that um, uh, and 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 your Montauk and that. Yeah. Well, see, and you're correct. Some of the claims around it, at least. Right. See, you're correct to be uh, skeptical because a lot of it is was deliberate disinformation right. that that was fed to make it all look crazy. You know, Good. Uh, and that's uh, every every one of these projects that that we have been talking about. You know, you have to be careful because mm-hmm. some of this information um, has been deliberately seeded with craziness. That's that's just the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you think, you know, if, if people think that, uh, you know, like, oh, well, this is nuts. This, yeah, well, that's that's why these stories are in there you know yeah and just to say also that uh, it's such an established method propaganda method or, or to control the narrative method that it even has an official term it's called a limited hangout is when they interject uh, oh some part of uh, okay something is out there now we need to contaminate it mm-hmm. and you cannot do that with complete lies and denials uh, the best way is to tell a half truth Right. and mix it with some bullshit and that's um, the <laughs> yeah. other alternative is of course the antagonism the polarization split and rule it's the like uh, dr farrell argues uh, regarding roswell mm-hmm. that uh, let's say okay it's space aliens and monsters from mars and then no no it's just a weather balloon then you have a the complete opposites there too and both of them then covering up the real story which may be in between right right <laughs> so yeah th- th- this is this is methods already established but anyway you were kind of uh, trying to put american uh, status at this point in our perspective but see i think that they're probably already at this point mm-hmm. um Pre-World War II, we were already seeing this breakaway civilization that had been formed um, uh, amongst the the royalty, the rich, the elites, you know, I mean, because we're talking about something that that requires money, capital, and lots of it. And it has to be done in such a way that it remains hidden. I mean, you know, you you just cannot go and take a national budget and and openly spend it on this kind of stuff. No, this is this is something that is that can only be kept secret through people who have old money. Mm. Law, you know, long-term, well-established money. But they they control the American. They control Pentagon. So in a way, then the Allied uh, would have uh, some uh, connections with this, at least. 
Yeah. Oh, well, and this see, this goes beyond all national boundaries. I mean, we're not right. just talking about you know. Uh, I mean, they 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 control, like you said, they control uh, you know America and the Pentagon and stuff. They control other countries as well. Mm. Heck, who knows? I mean, they may control all the countries. I don't want to get city of London at least. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into that whole no. <laughs> that yeah. that whole thing. But I do believe that um that that the, that the whole uh, breakaway civilization consists of old money mm. very old money mm. and i mean when i say old money i mean i'm talking about you know back into medieval times old money <laughs> okay <laughs> you know and yeah. and and these people also i mean you know these are the people who have created the world's financial system yeah. so they know how to manipulate things mm. in order to raise capital and to to make these things these types of things happen so this is actually ancient money this is what dr forel calls uh, the babylon banksters right exactly yes yes and that's a good that's a good term night templars mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm with you. Right, right. Or, or the listeners, rather, are with you. Precondition to understand what you're talking <laughs> about here. So, yeah. Mm. You know, but, I mean, that that's the that's the only way that a project of this magnitude, I mean, you know, you think about it, a, a breakaway civilization <laughs> that exists alongside of our own. And, I mean, and, and there, you know, there could be some aspects of it that that exists say like in extremely isolated locations you know mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 jungles of south america Un- underground underground or something like that but that's just a small part of it the majority of it uh exists right alongside us mm. you know uh but but it really it falls into the category of what we think of as like a secret society right. you know i mean you know we have we have uh, uh, groups of people that uh i mean they 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 interact with us you know they're they're a part of our society but they're also a part of this breakaway civilization this this ancient i mean it started out ancient and then you know uh, as as uh, time has gone on they have they have used their money and and their open-mindedness mm. towards scientific advancement right to to further their goals whatever that would be but i mean currently their goals have taken them off planet as well mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 at this point now um it has also involved um countries uh military you know the united states uh, russia china uh, it, it, it's involved their uh, our militaries uh with with the space program right now you have um, have tied it up to contemporary times so i think this is a good point for a little break and when back we shall move more to the post-war period i think okay sounds good Sounds good to me. Okay. All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, you can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. Thanks. 